You are listening to Bold Leadership, Episode 16, Leadership and Peak Productivity with Ryan Walsh. Bold Leadership, the science of winning with your host, Dave Evans. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, Dave Evans here. Welcome to the Bold Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Bold Leadership Podcast is produced every other Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.theevansgp.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow me on Twitter, at The Bold Leader, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. How are you? I am great. I am so excited that you offered to be on the show today. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am after looking at your website and everything that you do. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm pumped too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Ryan Walsh is a number one best-selling author and business coach who focuses on productivity and the power of intention. Right after graduating from Princeton University, he worked 60 hours per week. He was an investment analyst and project manager for the world's number one hedge fund. Then he moved to California to become a software engineer and help start some of the top technology companies. As an entrepreneur and peak productivity coach, Ryan teaches you how to regain valuable time by leveraging the latest neuroscience research to work smarter and adapt a holistic, balanced approach to live the life you have always dreamed of living. Check out what Ryan can do for you at ryancwash.com. Ryan, I'm thrilled to have you on the show and look forward to your thoughts on the importance of leadership as, as an entrepreneur. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dave. I'm very excited to be here. Well, it is a privilege of mine to have you. So here's my first question. I ask everybody this. What is your favorite leadership quote? I was thinking about this. I think that it might not be specific to leadership, but I've really been thinking a lot this year about the idea of you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And the reason that this has started affecting me is because I used to hear that all the time, but I, I heard it as sort of a a descriptive statement. And I, I would think about, is that true? And who are the people that I spend a lot of time with? And is that reflective of who I am? Rather than thinking of it, which I, I recently switched to thinking of it as a, a prescriptive statement. So like a suggestion, like a, a, an empowering possibility. And so I started thinking like, what if I, what if I just assume for a second that it could be true and I could start making some changes and see what would happen with my life and surround myself with certain people and and see what happens. And I think that that has had a tremendous impact on my year. And I think that it applies to leadership because you want to be surrounding yourself with the right team. And it really, really matters. If you, if you aren't attracting the right people to be with you on your mission, then it might be game over. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, that is a very profound statement. I think you've hit the nail on the head for leadership development and growing. Because if you surround yourself with great people, you have nothing left to do but be great. So I think that's a great quote. I think it certainly applies to leadership and leadership development. So here's our next question. In your mind, what is the biggest leadership challenge you have overcome? Well, I, I think that I personally was, you know, I've started to realize that we are the masters of our own destiny and we you know our thoughts are way more powerful than than we typically would assume and so i would say that i was failing myself as a leader 
I was sort of going through life by default and sort of, um, I don't know, following other people's suggestions and, and sort of assumptions about how things could go. You know, I, I always worked really, really hard in high school thinking, oh, I need to go to college. I need to go to the best college I can. And then I'm, I'm going to need to get some job that needs to look like such and such. And then after that, I'm going to, you know, raise kids. And, and basically, I had my life all figured out for me just sort of by default, by thinking about what, what society would, ex would expect. And that ended up, I later came to, to find out, that ended up taking a toll on my body. I was in my 20s. But my, I just felt like I was 95 because I started getting all these symptoms. I had dozens of debilitating symptoms, including carpal tunnel syndrome that's, you know, excruciating wrist pain. I had back pain. My eyes were twitching, terrible headaches and, and all these things. And basically, long story short, it comes down to failing to take my own, my own experiences in my life and let emotions come up however I wanted to, however they needed to, and then just make decisions to to go towards happiness and and basically carve out my own path no matter what that looked like. And once I started doing that, once I started defining my own direction and, for example, you know, I mentioned earlier, um, or you mentioned about me working 60 hours a week, I eventually was able to get that down to 20 hours a week because I wanted to start doing what I wanted and all my symptoms went away. Well, I think you learned a very important lesson at a very young age. Stress can be a killer. It sounds like to me you took control of your destiny, which is hugely important for anybody out there that wants to be better and do more in their life. One of the things I'm curious about, you know, how stressful was it or how challenging was it for you to step away from your, you know, your great job as a software engineer and leave the industry and start out new? Because I know a lot of people are scared to take that leadership leap to define their own destiny? Yeah, great question. And that's, I, you know, <laughs> even before leaving the software engineering job, I've already done this many times in my career. Straight out of college, I, I was working at a hedge fund in Connecticut, and in particular, I was working in account management with all sorts of spreadsheets and checking lots of um, numbers, billions of dollars being traded every day and making sure everything looked good. And, and you know, in some ways, that was... It was such a, a an incredible job, an incredible opportunity, getting paid tons of money, learning from the best, smartest people in the world. And it was basically a situation that other people would really be interested in having and would, you know, it's essentially other people's dream job. But for me, I, I had to just be honest with myself and say, like, this isn't for me. And so I stepped away from that job and I, I, I took several other different paths in between that and becoming a software engineer eventually when I moved out here to California. And so, so to answer your question, I would say that it's, it's almost like it wasn't even a choice. It was like it had to happen. Each time that I changed things up, it was basically, it, I guess it got to the point where it didn't feel like a choice anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it sort of felt like, oh, well, something has to change. I, you know, it's, it's now time. I'm going to try something else out. And so in the bigger picture, I would say that it's sort of a quote really hit home for me when someone, I think it was in, in uh, just last year, actually, either 2014 or 2013, someone said, you can either, you can either chase after your own dreams or you can help someone build theirs. And that really struck, struck me. And I thought, wow, like that, I guess I've been doing that. I guess I've been in all of the other jobs that I've had, all the other roles I've been filling, it was really for someone else's vision and it wasn't for mine. 
And so that's what really led me to leave the, the most recent job I had, which was as a software engineer, and to strike out on my own. Well, that's an outstanding answer because uh, I think you've hit another key, you know, chase your dreams. Don't help somebody else chase theirs if you want to be hugely successful in life. And it sounds like you're doing great. So what do you see now that you're out looking back in? What do you see as the biggest leadership challenge companies face today? And what was your lightning bolt moment that made you realize, man, you know, these guys don't get it. They're driving us into the ground and, and, and it's killing me. Well, it's sort of related because I, I guess I would say that, you know, you might call it a challenge, but if you if you're running some big company and it's 2015, the world is is totally different now from 100 years ago or even decades ago. Um, we have the internet. We have the world just feels a lot more connected, and and people are able, no matter how whatever their preferences are, however weird they feel that they are, there are other people in the world that they can connect with, and ways that they can express themselves, and so. Everyone, it feels like everyone is sort of raising the standard. They're raising the bar. They're raising the minimum threshold of, of a life that they'll be willing to accept and the way that they're willing to make an income. They want to be doing something that feels completely aligned with their own personal mission and they want to be rewarded for it emotionally and financially. And so I guess, you know, if I were running some massive company of thousands of people, I guess I'd see that as a challenge because the world has so many opportunities now that everyone can't, you know, it's never been easier to, to strike out as an entrepreneur to, in, order, in other words, uh, strike out sort of sounds like baseball, like failure, but I meant um, to, to like carve your own path as an entrepreneur. So I guess as a leader of a big company, that would be a challenge to, to sort of make sure that everyone feels, feels really united with your mission and feels like it's their mission. You know, there's so much research in recent years in the field of positive psychology that says that happiness and productivity are completely linked and the three main factors that drive both happiness and productivity and so people need to feel self-directed they need to feel like they are making progress in terms of some sort of challenge that they're excited about and then they also need to feel like they have some bigger reason for doing what they're doing so I think that 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 is sort of becoming more and more relevant for leaders of big organizations today, because people know that they could probably achieve the autonomy, mastery, and purpose individually. And so they want, as a leader, you need to make sure that you're providing that opportunity for them as well. Well, I think that's very wise counsel for everyone out there. The connected world is changing the way we do business. It's changing the way we react in politics. It's changing how we raise our, our, our children. I can tell you from experience that that's, that's a true statement. So have you had an I made it moment yet? And if you have, would you describe that to me and what it was like and, and where you're headed next? I guess I, I would say that I've had many I've made it moments throughout my life. And I think it's all of our goals to to basically feel that constantly and to to have more of a sense of unending gratitude no matter what our circumstances are because life is really good in, in so many ways. So I guess I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that by saying that so many times, at least personally, and I feel like this is probably true for most people, or at least most people that I know here, especially in the United States, we get so ambitious and we're striving all the time. And it's pretty typical to to feel like you you might say, I'll have made it when blank, or I'll be happy when blank. And it's almost like we're, we see the goalposts out in front of us, but we're constantly moving the goalposts out even further. So even as we're making progress towards them, 
it's like we're adjusting an outward and we're just constantly striving forever and we're always we're always acclimating to whatever we've achieved and um, I think that it, it's it becomes really really necessary to start at least occasionally if not all the time to look backwards as well and sort of look at the gap that you've created between where you used to be and where you are now and to take pride in that and celebrate it and really reflect on how much you've grown and how much you've done so I am happy to say that I am so much better at that these days and so I you know I'll smile and I'll be celebrating with my partner Katie and you know we'll be just enjoying this luxury luxurious life in, in San Diego it's beautiful we'll be hanging out in a hot tub and just thinking about how comfortable we are and how beautiful everything is and how everything seems to be lining up and we're meeting the most interesting people and so lots of I've made it moments like that yeah well, that is awesome because I know a lot of people out there today are the mouse in the wheel sitting in a cubicle driving as fast as they can for the next new car, the next new house, the next new whatever, and they've lost sight of all the great things they've accomplished. I mean, that's great insight for everyone. What vision do you have for the future of your company? I am so excited about the feedback I've been getting from the people that I've been working with about how even just little things that I that are sort of normal to me now, and, and I might say just one sentence or just in one conversation, it can completely change their life. And they'll come back to me days later or a week later and say, oh my gosh, you know, this and this happened. And it was so, it was such a critical, pivotal moment when you described this to me, it really opened my eyes to something. And I've, I've been so excited about experiencing that on a one-on-one -on -one basis that the next steps for me that I envision are building out a group program and online courses so that I can do this at a, a much larger scale. And I think that'll be really fun, not just because I can help more people in the same amount of time, but also because I've seen time and again that people really help each other. When, when you're all attracted to the same sort of situation, the same community, the, the transformation that can happen, the sort of crosstalk can just really, really be exponential and people can make progress so much faster. So that's what I'm most excited about. Well, that, that is awesome. So let's get into the rapid fire round. I'm going to ask you some questions with quick answers and see what you've got for us. What was your biggest fear when accepting your first leadership challenge? I think it was basically a lack of clarity on, on what I even wanted. You know, it's funny when you, when you get to be in charge, you're no longer doing what someone else tells you to do. So it's sort of up to you. And, and that can be sort of scary in some ways. What is the best leadership advice you have ever received? One of my favorite principles, this comes from many people, but I, I worked from, uh, I worked for Ray Dalio, the, the billionaire founder of, of Bridgewater Associates, the hedge fund I worked for in Connecticut. And he had this policy there of always default to honesty and authenticity and transparency. And so it was just, it felt like you know, working there felt like coming home in so many ways because the world, it just works so much easier when everyone just says what they mean and they don't talk behind anyone's backs and they just, they're constantly helping each other out. They're, they're providing constructive criticism and they're building each other up too, as long as it's all honest. So default to honesty and just life gets way more complicated if you're trying to, to like position anything or, or any, if you can just say what you mean, oh my gosh, it gets simple and, and you can move fast. You know, Ryan, I couldn't agree with you more. Character is the foundation for building strong, lasting relationships. It's incredible that you worked for a boss in such a large, powerful company 
that that was his attitude to the team, and I'm sure they're hugely successful still today. Actually, I know they are. They're they're a great company with great employees. So that that is great to hear from from me, from a guy that just left a previous life in the government. If you could, <laughs> if you if you could ch- only choose two websites to obtain all the information needed to become a better leader, better entrepreneur, and better person, what would they be and why? You know, my my answer here sort of surprises me. Even I think about Facebook and how I used to really not like Facebook in a lot of ways, and I I was a little bit nervous about how Facebook was growing so fast and how they sort of had this irreverence about privacy and whatnot. And sometimes I still get a little weirded out by that as well. But in reality, especially in this past year, I found Facebook so helpful in connecting with hundreds, if not thousands of people. And there's there's this feature on Facebook called groups. And basically these groups are just little forums or chat rooms or whatever where like-minded people can help each other. And it's crazy like how much I've learned for free just by being members of different groups on Facebook. And, and that, I feel like, is sort of a new development there because you know I've been on Facebook since since it first started because it was first rolled out to Harvard and then Princeton way back when I was in college and it was a totally different site back then but nowadays it really is a a meeting place for lots of people who are doing great things so I'd say Facebook would be one of them and then Amazon came comes to mind because there are so many amazing books and other materials videos and whatnot on Amazon and the rating system on there is super helpful and also the suggestions of like if you like this book and this book then you might also like this book and so I'm a huge fan of just reading tons of great self-development books or leadership books you know I have a Kindle paperweight and I'm just I'm reading all the time and uh, yeah I love that well those are two great sites I, I leverage Facebook as well to, to learn other perspectives I think perspectives are important I think you see that as well in, in what you do you read books. You read lots of books. Most of us do. I'm a fanatic reader myself. What leadership book or what book would you recommend to the Bold Nation? This one has already been talked about plenty of times, but I'm going to mention it again because I've, I've read it many times. It's still worth going back to. It's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It is, it's a book that I, I have in hard copy, and I just keep going through it and highlighting and underlining and you know, folding the corners down, it's, it's, been, it's been really helpful and reliable in, um, in teaching me new ways to think about interacting with others. All right, here's a question that I, I, know, I know from our pre-interview that there's no way you would jump into this situation, but if you had to based <laughs> on your experience, but if you had to, if we forced you to do this, I want you to imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and were hired to replace a well-liked CEO in a failing company. The company has a significant culture problem and lack of focus, which is accelerating its demise. What would you do in your first 30 days in order to change the course of the company? I think that some things that I mentioned earlier would be my thoughts here as well. So, for example, how I mentioned it's really, really important to be surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like and, and that, you know, team is so important and you need to find um, people that are inspiring and and helpful. So I think that my first mission would be to identify, I'd go around evaluating as many people as I could to sort of identify leaders that I could trust within the company so that I could sort of ask for their help 
in continuing to evaluate everybody else. I would need to, I think that a lot of times companies are held back by people who shouldn't really be there in the first place. It's just not a great fit. It could be something poisonous that's happening within the culture or whatever. And if you can, if you can sort of remove those bad eggs, sometimes it's like letting release a balloon and then the balloon just naturally floats up and the company gets so much better. So I'd find a handful of, of trusted leaders that would be sort of my go-to people and we would all try to evaluate everyone else and create a, a culture of transparency and honesty and basically invite anyone who doesn't like that to leave. You know, the ones who stay are the ones who are going to feel responsible. They're going to feel empowered. They're the ones who know that whenever they surface any issues, they're, you know, they're not going to be punished for surfacing an issue. A lot of times at companies, the the messenger will get shot. But instead, at my organization, I would be rewarding people who are surfacing the issues so that we could all just put everything out on the table and then go solve it together creatively. Well, Ryan, I love that answer. You may not want to go do that, but it sounds like you would do a phenomenal job in creating a, cult, <laughs> a positive environment where people want to work and want to succeed, because I agree with you. Most people in a company despise the the games and the backtalk and the lack of character. And when you eliminate those antibodies, I like to call them, um, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's amazing what will happen to your organization. So here, here, here's my closing question for you, and this is just your chance to talk to us about what you do, what's coming up, what, what are you excited about in the future of your company, and, and where are you headed and is there anything that you'd like to tell the audience about Ryan C. Walsh and what you and Katie are up to? <laughs> oh, it's exciting times. So Katie, she just finished her PhD in psychology, and now she is also a coach, just like I'm a coach. We live out here in beautiful San Diego, California. The, the people that I help are business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, could be authors, consultants, speakers. Realtors, it's actually popular with realtors because they're also basically running their own businesses who want to be more productive. They, they Maybe they're working the 60-hour work week that I used to work and they want to get down to 20-hour work week earning six figures. I teach them about positive psychology principles and um, also recently I've been getting really into the power of intention and the law of attraction and it's sort of a a little bit of spirituality in that sense. And that's how I help my clients get great results for themselves. And then Katie is very similarly, she, she focuses on mainly women, but she's helping people, women who are in sales positions, use the law of attraction to ensure that all of their conversations feel really good and friendly and helpful, rather than a lot of times people feel really icky when they're going through those sorts of uh, transactions and whatnot. And so the two of us are really excited because we are just surrounding ourselves with amazing people, amazing clients, amazing mentors, and the two of our businesses seem to be getting closer and closer together where we might be, we might end up partnering up and, and working even closer. Well, that sounds really exciting. I look forward to seeing what you have to offer and what you do in the future. It sounds like your rocket ship has launched and you are going to continue to head for great things. Ryan, I want to thank you for being here today. For everyone out there, please, please, please check out Ryan's site at ryancwalsh.com. It was my privilege yeah, to, to, to speak one, with you. One today. last thing. In particular, I wanted to offer on ryancwalsh.com slash bold. If Bold Nation is interested, Katie and I have a number one best-selling book 
that I will give you for free. Just go to ryancwalsh.com slash bold, and you can pick up a copy of the book, Work Less, Profit More. Ryan, it has been a privilege and pleasure. Please check out Ryan's website at ryancwalsh.com and tune in next week for our interview with Timothy Mosier. He is an educator, podcaster, language coach, and accelerated learning expert. I am Dave Evans, and this has been Bold Leadership. Follow Bold Leadership on Twitter at The Bold Leader and Facebook.com slash The Evans GP. To subscribe to Bold Leadership, visit TheEvansGP.com slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode of Bold Leadership, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes. And remember, be bold.